Alabama football completed its fourth practice yesterday and the basketball transfer portal, it taketh away, then it giveth. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, Alabama lost Namari Niblack. Why did I say Namari Niblack? Why did I say that? Not even Namari Niblack's name. That's not even his name. <laughs> it's not even Namari Niblack and Namari Burnett, and I screwed him up, and I'm not starting over. No I'm wonder Namari left. They kept calling him a. They kept calling him Namari Niblack. And Burnett's like, that's not even his name. I'm out of here. He was wearing a – it's funny. Uh, Namari Burnett's the only person who had Burnett on the back and Namari on a name tag on the front of his jersey because people like me kept screwing it up. No. Okay. Namari Burnett. Yeah, team. Okay. Now, I want to talk about Amari Nyblack later because I saw some pictures of him and they got me excited. Good pictures of him in football uniform, I should add. Um, but – and now Alabama has brought in, apparently, or at least gotten a commitment from Jaquan Walton, uh, who pl once played at Georgia, played at Montgomery Carver. Um, I saw him, or Carver Montgomery, either way you want to go. Uh, I've seen him play a few times uh, in high school, and then I saw him several times in college. Of course, he played for Wichita State, too. I think he played for Shelton State, too. Correct. Um, so he's <laughs> – I mean, shoot, if anything, he's got like – uh, a lot of places he sent postcards from, but uh, I think he's a good player. He averaged almost 14 points a game last year for Wichita State. Sort of a rangy uh, guy. He's a good three-point shooter. Not sure how good he is on the defensive end. But frankly, while I'm a huge fan of playing good defense, it's probably just as important, if not more important to me, that you can shoot the three ball in this particular offense. So I think Alabama basketball picks up a guy. And, and you know how I am about in-state kids i want them at alabama if they're good enough i don't want them going somewhere else so i'm happy he's here i feel like it's a positive uh what are your thoughts on that and have you heard anything else about some potential transfers out of the basketball program and we are going to get to football today i promise you uh but since the transfer portal for basketball is like this fluid thing that's always moving we had to talk about jay jay walton who i think is going to be a good player for yeah, I, I definitely like Jaquan because just um, he seems like system in terms of the thing that blows me away about what, what Nate wants on offense is he wants the perimeter. It's like it's like we have three positions and we only have three. It's like, okay, we need a point guard and we need a dunker, you know, a big dude that's kind of a dunker, rebounder dunker that just hangs out under the basket and we need a point guard. And then we need three guys who all sort of look the same. And, and preferably, they're going to be tall and, and lengthy and be difficult to, 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 you know, good defenders because they're so long. And Jaquan is exactly that. I mean, he's exactly one of these wing guys. He can play offensively. He can play the two. He can play the three. And because he's 6'7 with long arms, he can get away with playing the four spot. And that just sounds like what Nate likes. Uh, now, you know, Brandon did all that and was six and nine. 
John Clowney does it. And he's sick. But, you know, Namari Burnett and, and Rylan Griffin are long twos, you know, that can play the three. Uh, I think Walton's just sort of a long three that could potentially play a four. But I, I, I just think he's a Nate Oates player. Now, early in Jaquan's career, you could say, boy, I'm glad he didn't sign with Alabama. He doesn't he doesn't appear to be much. You know, he went to Shelton and, and then Georgia from there and didn't do anything in Georgia and, and, and then went to Wichita and didn't do anything initially. But the Jaquan Walton that played last season at Wichita is a guy that can play for Alabama. Uh, it just seems to me like happens with so many guys. He just turned a corner. He, he he developed late. He blossomed late. He was a guy that that you'd want to take a chance on, and he blossomed later. And this happens. Uh, and and looks like we're getting him post blossom, which is good news. Uh, and he'll just be a guy whether he's a starter, whether he's one of our best players. I don't know. He just looks like another guy that's going to be in the rotation out on the wing uh, that can that can knock down three-point shots. And, and with his length, he's probably going to be, you know, a pretty good defender on the perimeter. So I think this is a, a high-quality pickup or a quality pickup at the very least. And, uh, and, and the Nate Oates truck just keeps on trucking on. Yeah, I'm with you. I like this pickup a lot. Um, I, I'm – Super fine with it. I know some other people probably feel like there's some sexier names in the portal. Uh, Caleb Love, for instance. I mean, this kid out of North Carolina, he's uh, always been much ballyhooed. But, you know, I mean, he's he's got sort of a rep for doing some other things that aren't so great, not necessarily off the court, but maybe not in the locker room, where th that North Carolina team didn't look like a squad that was uh, clicking on all cylinders. And, right. Uh, and not saying Wichita State was because they didn't make the tournament either, but I think the the circumstances are different. First of all, as I said, Jaquan got better. You you pointed that out. And look, we just played a team that had some transfers come in or had some late bloomers that kicked our butt, right? I mean, I kicked our butts probably a little bit much, but the San Diego State deed us up. They played hard. They got some older kids, and they developed late. Why can't we go get some kids like that? I mean, I'm fine with that. I mean, honestly, would you rather have a guy who is a really good player as a senior that is developed late or get a sort of a relatively unknown high four-star kid, uh, you know, as a high school player? So who knows? That's that's sort of whichever way you want to go as I'm sitting here in a sort of a four-year lobby type situation and people are just going to walk by, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm still in Phoenix, so I don't know what else to tell you all. Um, anyway. We're going to go ahead and tell everybody about FanDuel right now, Jimmy. That's probably enough basketball talk. Well, first of all, did you – anybody else – I mean, I've heard the rumors about Rollin Griffin and Jaden Bradley. I hope they don't transfer. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. No need to dive into it unless you've heard something else. I haven't heard it. I've, I've heard those rumors like like you. The, the way I, I look at it until I get something really solid, I don't – I say I don't think it's going to happen. And I just – I don't have anything solid. I, I don't know – from within the program that they are leaving or they are staying. I'm just saying, since I don't, uh, there's no reason for them to leave. And in, in this sense, if they stay, uh, they will both be hugely significant players in the lineup next fall. I, I don't think this is a situation where they would be, should be concerned about their minutes at Alabama. It would be substantial. Now I'm with you on that. That's what's kind of funny is like, if they say, I want to transfer someplace, I'll get more minutes. We should go, how about right here? You can get the portal and come right back. Well, you're going to get plenty of minutes next year. So, uh, all right, let me tell everybody about FanDuel. 
you know how much we love FanDuel, and the Final Four is hidden, is heating up this weekend. There's no better place to get in on action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up to claim your early no-sweat first bet today. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets all on an app that's safe, secure, and very, very easy to use. It's so easy to use, Jimmy and I can use it. So don't miss your shot at no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. I also want to thank all you guys for being uh, loyal listeners and first listeners. And look, I, I can't say this enough. And I, I think some people say it and it's kind of BS. I don't know how much Jimmy reads them, but I read them a lot as I'm about to get somebody come through here again. Uh, but I, I read them a lot. The comments that are in the, uh, the YouTube section uh, are, are really, really good. And <laughs> I enjoy even the negative ones um, as I think the uh, express number six just rolled right on through. But <laughs> I'm telling you, there's nothing better. It's like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego when Luke's doing a podcast? I mean, I could be on the back of a trash truck. I could, I could be in a lot of places. Um, anyway, so Jimmy, let's get back to football. And really, I'm just going to let you have the floor here and talk about whatever you've seen in these last two segments because um, I know practice has been going on. I've been in Phoenix. I've been keeping up. And I've been trying to hear things best I can, but I am in Phoenix with on spring break for my children's. I got um, a one kid at Arizona State, obviously, and he turns uh, 19 today. So fired up about Big Truett. Happy birthday, Truett. Happy uh, birthday. And uh, yeah, so just tell us what's been going on at practice. And then we can also, in the second segment, we can talk about your projected lineup for the offensive line, too, that you have that on on three. Yeah, yesterday Alabama gave uh, gave us a couple of cool interviews. Uh, Jaheim Otis and Chris Braswell talked to the media yesterday. Both had uh, interesting comments to say. I really encourage everybody to find those on uh, on RollTide.com or, or or we have them on the board at BamaInsider.com as well. Uh, really interesting to get to know these guys. You know, the, the, there's a lot of new on this team to me. I mean, a lot of new, uh, and, and it couldn't be better highlighted by the four guys that have spoken to the media so far. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, who we do know pretty well, okay? He, the, the, he's entering his third year as a starter. J.C. Latham entering his second year as, as a starter. We know him. We know he is, but we haven't seen him as a face of the team. He's a new face. The fact that he's a day one with the media guy, he's a new face of the team. Chris Braswell and Jaheim Otis. Uh, Jaheim's a young guy. Braswell's been around for four four years now. But he also hasn't uh, talked to the media too much. So it's interesting getting to know these guys. And uh, that's one of the things I enjoyed about yesterday. Well, I love the the cough betting action that you uh, were able to implore there. That's fantastic by you. And uh, just as a just for the record, next time I say, hey, Jimmy, give us a bunch of stuff. It's got to be longer than 38 seconds because uh, I wasn't prepared for you to stop right there. But I, was, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared to fight some up. Oh, it's really cool, a cool day in, in Tuscaloosa. So we've uh, opened all the windows and doors to cool everything down because it's real cool outside. It's a great day. And I didn't consider it before I did the podcast. Like, so I, I think I have all this 
pollen blowing in here. <laughs> so too smart. Uh, but anyway, I've enjoyed those interviews. You're not going to learn a ton about the team from those interviews. It's not like they give away who's the starters, who's the backups, but you get to know the kids and, and, and they're all, it's, it's all new. It makes me worry about the season to an extent, Luke, because I do admit, I think we have fewer established stars. We have fewer established stars, fewer guys going into the season that we know are star players. What, what I, I get excited about, though, Luke, is I think several guys are going to be star players. A guy like maybe even Caleb Downs, you know, who's a true freshman. I, I think not only will Caleb Downs likely be a starter, I think he could be one of the best players on the team even though he's a true freshman and, and that's a new name. I think Terry Arnold is a guy that might go from a guy that's playing to a guy that's a star. Um, we have, you know, the transfer from Georgia, Trez Marshall probably going to play a significant role. He's a new guy. Uh, obviously the offensive line, the left tackle in the video uh, and photos that have been sent out by Alabama, the left tackle has been Elijah Pritchett, who's new, but I think he's going to be a big star in college football. Uh, running back. How about this? We know Jace McClellan. He's solid. He's kind of proven to an extent, but I think guys to be excited about are guys like Jam Miller, uh, a freshman like Justice Haynes. Uh, I, I think there's there's a lot of reason for excitement. So I, I, I think that the stars aren't established, but there will still be significant star power on the team once uh, once the game starts. Yes, I was muted again. Well, it's a good – well, I mean, you have to mute when you're doing the show from Grand Central Station. <laughs> that, that is very true. Uh, but so you may have said this, at, but I had uh, – again, I think the A-train had just let off. Um, so did, did you mention Jaheim Otis? We've talked about him in, in our past, about how he's lost so much weight and looks good. Right. Not, he, he has literally lost a 12-year-old. I mean, he's lost 100 pounds. Yeah. And I guess I'm getting to the point I shouldn't. I shouldn't, but I'm getting to the point of has he lost too much? Yeah, I think he has, actually. And I, I think I think what Jaheim's going to be doing between now and the, and the fall is adding weight, but adding the good weight. I, I, I think I think he's now reached or gone beyond the, okay, Jaheim, first thing you got to do is lose all the bad weight. You got to lose all the bad weight. Well, how about on his way to losing all the bad weight? He played at like nearly an all SEC level. He affects so many plays. And it's a good, I can do a whole show on Otis because I, I, look, I think as fans, we have a tendency, a stat line, you know, a stat sheet, a, uh, a, a, you know, how many tackles, how many sacks, you know, how many tackles for loss. Jaheim Otis is never going to have a great stat line, and neither did Terrence Cody when he was an All-American at Alabama. But the reason Cody was an All-American and the reason Otis is on his way is because they affect the play. And it's big. It's big. It might not dent the stat line, but when the other team's play call is, all right, we're going to run the power play and we're going to hand it to the back and the back is going to attack uh, the, an A gap, okay? Uh, meaning, you know, just, just to the right or left of the center. So that's the play call. And Otis is in the game for Alabama. The ball snapped, and Otis whips a center. He whips a guard in the back, takes the handoff, and he's running towards the A-gap, 
And all that's staring at him is a big crimson 91. Oh, I've got to bounce this outside. And he ad-libs. No one has blocked that scheme for him. They're all blocking an inside scheme. He's having to bounce outside. And now what the running back's doing doesn't match the blocking scheme. And he's going to gain maybe a yard, maybe a yard and a half before a linebacker or a safety gets him to the ground. And Jaheim Otis is credited on the play with nothing, nothing at all. It's a zero for him. But really, is it? Because Jaheim Otis made the entire play. The whole play blew up because Otis couldn't be blocked, and he changed the whole plan for the offense to the point that all the offense could do is make a yard and a half or two yards. Or just like a, a, a pass rusher, uh, the quarterback's got a, a three-step timing route, a three-step drops, three steps, and the ball's out. But by the time he gets to his third step, he's about to get hit, and, and he throws the ball on step two and a half. Now the receiver's not where he's supposed to be. The ball got out too early. There's a chance it's going to be picked. There's certainly a chance it's going to be incomplete. The play did not go anywhere like the offense drew it up because a pass rusher got to the quarterback before, before they could get ready. So the, it's plays like that's why we need to watch the tape and watch the games and don't just read the box score to figure out who the best players are. You know, I had to go find a picture of Jaheim Otis, the new improved Jaheim Otis, and there yeah. he is on the left. God, if that was him on the right, I mean, yeah. it, it would be like uh, Project Makeover. I mean, that's Chris Braswell. Um, and Braswell looked great too. But if you, the Jaheim Otis pick, he looks like a, a heck of a human being. I mean, no doubt. But if you didn't know what he used to look like, you may say, okay, he, he's a big dude, whatever. But because I know what he used to look like, that's one of the most impressive pictures I've ever seen. <laughs> it really is. He, he is. He's the poster child for what Alabama does uh, scientifically, that the Alabama's science, sports science, the collision of sports science and the nutrition, to say nothing of, of the, the strength and conditioning work. But, hey, you know, everybody's got an ideal weight where it's not the ideal weight you might see on a chart on the Internet in terms of what, what us normal people do. But what I mean is I think every player out there plays his best at a certain weight, and it's not one size fits all. I wouldn't be surprised if we find out through experimentation down the road that maybe Otis plays his very best right at 335 or 340. That's just kind of a sweet spot for him. Over 340, he's too big and slow. But under 335, he loses some of that power, some of that mass that makes him such a difficult player to block. Uh, everybody's just got to find, okay, where am I? Where am I getting my best number? It's not all just, hey, let's let's let let's get every let's get all the 270 guys up to 290 and get all the 340 guys down to 290. It's it's not that at all. It's the, each individual is going to be a different athlete at a different weight. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break here. And then I want to get into uh, some of your offensive line. You know what? I'm, going to, I'm, I'm calling an audible. I like this little thing you're doing better. Um, the best uh, skill possession players for other teams in the SEC that you mentioned. Because we talked about skill position players yesterday, let's just keep that theme and we'll do offensive line tomorrow. All right, Jimmy, you did a little post uh, for skill position players for other teams in the SEC. And uh, kind of interesting. First of all, Arkansas bringing back K.J. Jefferson. I think people forget that. And yep. Rocket Sanders. 
that's, that's a good duo to be bringing back. I mean, Arkansas, look, I'm not saying they're going to win the West. I'm not saying they're going to finish fourth in the West. I'm saying they're just going to be another team you just don't want to play very much. Now, they lose Drew Sanders, obviously, and they lost uh, Catalan. Uh, I don't even – did he get hurt last year? He's, right? been hurt, well, he's been hurt the last two years, and uh, but I, I think – He's fantastic, and uh, to be honest, he was a guy I was kind of hopeful Alabama would be interested in, but they weren't, uh, and, and he went to Texas. Well, okay, and uh, really I'm going to focus on just the guys Alabama's playing. Um, I mean, I love Barry and Brown at Kentucky, and I, I love Luther Burden at Missouri, but since we're not playing them, I'm not going to bring them up. Uh, Auburn has Jarquez Hunter and Javarius Johnson. Okay, Hunter's a good player. I think Hunter's really good. I think he has potential to be on an all-SEC team. Do I think he'll be first team? Probably not. I think he could be second team all-SEC. Um, but I think Javarius Johnson in that spot where you're saying best skill position players on other teams sort of lets you know where Auburn is at, at the wide receiver spot. I'm, I'm a fan of Javarius Johnson. I like the kid. I saw him at Hewitt Trustful play several times. I think he's a good player. But I think it's a problem – if he's, he's what you consider to be your best skill position player or one of the two when um, you're in the SEC. If, if you're in a different conference, maybe. And again, that's not a slight at him. I'm just saying um, yeah. I haven't seen anything that would make me think, okay, he'd be one of the best skill position players at Arkansas or Ole Miss or something like that. Yeah, a lot of teams had transfers that I didn't really include because it's such a hit and miss thing, you know, with transfer portal guys. But – yeah, I wasn't too knocked out with what Auburn's got. I, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, in terms of, like, who's got skill position players that are like, wow, wow, one after the other. I mean, uh, I, I see two, Texas A&M, uh, Georgia, uh, LSU. Uh, that, that they, they all had multiple, even had players I didn't include that I could have. I mean, um, those, those teams are pretty loaded with, with a lot of skill talent. Uh, I like, though, that you mentioned Arkansas because – even though I'm not including Arkansas as one of the best teams late, I don't think Arkansas is going to be a great team this fall. But if you want to start with quarterback running back duos, I would say it's the best in the league, KJ and Rocket, and maybe arguably the best in the country, certainly up there on a very short list. But it's almost like they got KJ, they got Rocket, and I'm not sure what else they have at all. Yeah. That's that's very, very fair. Um but A&M's, I mean, you brought up a and I don't need to bring up Georgia's necessarily, even though it, it makes yeah. me vomit in my mouth a little bit that they bring Lad McConkey back. And I think he's coming back for like – is he coming back for two more years? I mean, he could. Well, he's probably got five more years. He's one of these guys. But, I mean, one every, of those guys. everybody else is scared to death of Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers is going to do Brock Bowers things. I mean, Brock Bowers is, the, is a freak of nature. But – Lad McConkey's the guy that I feel like kills you because you're you're so worried about uh, Browers, you're so worried about one of the running backs, you're so worried about you know maybe a Ra Ra Thomas this year or whatever, and then McConkey kills you. But we're not going to talk about Georgia because it makes me vomit a little bit talking about how good some of their skill position are. But A um, and M, you brought up. All right, I want to sneak up behind Lad McConkey and go, "Hey, Hunter Renfro, and see if he turns around." <laughs> He went. That's what he. That's what we should go for Halloween. He should go as Hunter Runnerfro. <laughs> Nobody would know. Um, okay, A and M. You brought up Connor Weekman. Okay, 
I mean, I think he had a game or two that he wouldn't awful. He had some other games where he wasn't great. He was pretty uh, good. Yeah. I thought he was pretty good down stretch. Beat LSU. Yeah. But the the wide receivers, A&M's wide receivers should be the envy of the league. Evan Stewart, who we know is ridiculous. Moose Muhammad, who can be really, really good. And then Anaya Smith, who may be the fastest receiver in the conference. Yeah, all three of those guys are all-conference uh, level talents. They have three. <laughs> and they got backs, you know, and not to say nothing of the incoming guys. You know, uh, it, it, it's crazy to me. You know, I did this other thing last week on the board, Luke, where I looked at total offense last year uh, in, in the SEC, you know, who – who was the most productive one through 14, you know, in the league and, and just sort of had comments about what these teams have coming back. And, and it still blew me away that Texas A&M, all that talent, all that talent. I think they finished 12th in the SEC in total offense. Are you kidding me with those receivers? And, you know, Connor Wigman is a five-star, but he was a true freshman. They had Devon A-Chain at, 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 at running back and and still 12th. It, it just that was one of the most poorly coached teams. And, you know, I, I don't know this. I'm not on the inside over there. But I can't help but think that that team, they had the worst locker room in the whole league probably because and, – and, 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 you know, if you want to buy rumors and, 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 and based on what everyone is saying out there, is it because they were paying the freshmen a, a, a big – all this money and, and none of the veterans and all, and the, all the veterans who are starters are like – how come I'm getting no money and you're paying my 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 third backup back here uh, and he, he's got six figures back here. I got nothing. And and the whole locker room got torn up. And I, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying it's one of the theories that are out there, but it makes some sense. Well, I'll tell you this, Jimmy. Luckily, they corrected the problem and bring in a stabilizing force like Bobby Petrino to get this thing under control. Controversy free. Controversy free. <laughs> Drama free. <laughs> they said, they said to themselves, Sills, we need somebody that's not very polarizing. Who can be that person? Bobby Petrino. Um, okay. It went all Mary J. Blige, no drama. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back either tomorrow or Friday, depending on my travel schedule. But uh, we will deal with that later. And until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.